Welcome to Bible and Stuff. My name's Tanner. And I'm Glenn. And today we're talking about the Bible. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, we've left the stuff completely out of it. <laughs> today it's all about the Bible. But um, essentially we're talking about how's the Bible work? What is the Bible? You know, how do we get it? What's what's the deal with the Bible? Yeah. What's the the deal with the Bible? <laughs> the dealio. The dealio. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh man. I was trying to be all hip and cool and think of another word for like <laughs> deal and cuz I know there's tons out there. Oh yeah. I kept uh, wanting to say DL, but I'm like, no, we're not keeping it on the down low. The down we're bringing low. it to light. Mm, yeah, we're not we're not bringing it on the down low. We're bringing it up high. Oh, yeah. You like that? You <laughs> that like was, that? Uh, that was sweet. Oh yeah, we're gonna talk about uh, the books in the Bible. We're gonna talk about the people that wrote the Bible, and then we're gonna talk about all those things. Have you written anything li- lately, Glenn? Written anything? Yeah. Actually, I have been writing a song lately. I was uh, sitting down the other night and talking about um, how as as a worship team I wanted to to begin writing some music and and so the other night I sat down and I just like wrote a bridge like lyrics and music and I was oh. like oh man I'm really excited about this and I was like getting all pumped up and everything and I was like well I got a bridge and I couldn't <laughs> think of anything else let's just do that on repeat but the bridge the bridge is good <laughs> the bridge is solid we're gonna play that part like nine times oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> normally when when I write something it's like I feel really good about it and then I show like my wife <laughs> and she's like yeah that's oh, yeah. that's good like that's she'll good. tell me it's good she tells me it's good in the way that I'm like okay not good no nope. yeah but <laughs> Fortunately, what God writes is good. We're going to talk about that today. So, um, we'll just start out with saying, what is the Bible? Um, And it is, in simplest definition, a collection of sacred texts written by God um, through human authors. Something people refer to as divine inspiration. Um, Yeah, I think that's something that gets confused a lot, um, at least by... A lot of uh, folks I know who who maybe aren't Christians, they I think they're under the interpretation that the Bible was like literally written by God, like He came down and like actually wrote it out, like all the script and everything okay. like that. Uh, I know that sounds weird, but yeah, there's a lot of people I know that think that. Well, um, like I think in Mormonism, he got the stone tablets. I mean, like those were apparently like directly from God. So I could see that. I, I thought you were going to go the opposite route because I actually, I, you know, when you read a lot about people trying to discredit the Bible, they use the fact that it was written by humans as yeah. a big thing to bring it down and say, well, it can't be, it can't be, you know, perfect because it had human authors and then humans transcribing it for years and years and years. So, um, it must be messed up, right? <laughs> which is awesome because then they acknowledge something that a lot of people don't acknowledge, which is humans mess up a lot. <laughs> they are sinful and they they screw things up all the time. So that's actually humorous, but um, a little <laughs> bit a, a little bit more. Uh, I like how yes. you were justifying it. Like that was humorous. You should laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. It was, it was. Okay, thank you. Um, thanks for lying to me. Uh, <laughs> uh, so a little bit more information about the Bible would say that about 40 authors wrote 66 books that make up what most Christians today use as their Bible. There's a particular um, number of canons, whether you're Eastern Orthodox, 
Eastern Orthodox, Catholic, uh, you know, and like we said, religions like Mormonism uh, may take the Bible, but they add to it. Um, but today we're talking specifically about the Protestant canon. Um, canon means rule or measuring stick. Um, this means that the book included in the Bible, they, they pass a number of tests. Um, they've been agreed upon by a lot of people to say like, no, we're pretty sure these were inspired. These are, these check out. Um, <clears throat> so we uh, hope to do a whole episode on that in the future, but we don't have time to go through exactly what it means to be canon. But just know that um, this is what a lot of people have decided is the Bible, and there's good reasons for yeah. that. There's actually, uh, I do remember in college taking a course, um, and there was a whole, I don't know, two or three weeks where we were talking about like the process for, you know, the canon process and everything like that. Yeah. And, uh, our our teacher had shared some of the stories that that didn't make the cut. There's some there's some pretty interesting ones out there. So we're gonna have a little bit of fun with that one, I think. Oh yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of gospels out there that are super weird, and people get really excited. But I'm like, they surface every like three to five years. Somebody it's be some clickbait article that's like Judas wrote a gospel you didn't know about or something <laughs> like that, and. They're just not true, and most of them aren't traced back near as old as the actual manuscripts we have of um, the Bible. So, now that we know what the Bible is, what's in it? Um, So, we're going to go through this in two big chunks. Again, we're talking about the Protestant Bible, so it's mostly separated by Old Testament and New Testament. Yeah, Old Testament in total has 39 books in it. Um, The Pentateuch, uh, which is Greek for five books, is referring to the five books of Moses. Um, so actually, fairly recently, uh, we began doing some research on uh, creation, and we talk about Genesis a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be hearing that podcast probably pretty soon. Is that next week? Yep, that's next yeah, week. Yeah, next week. Yeah. Um, so you're going to see that Moses is the author of Genesis, um, but he, he also writes all the books from Genesis up to Deuteronomy. I just lied to you. I think that's two weeks from now. But, oh. yeah, Moses wrote uh, the first five books of the Bible. Like you said, we call those the, the Pentateuch. And then we move into historical books. Um, think Joshua, Samuel, Esther. There's a bunch. I, I won't list them all. Um, but these are very like, hey, here's some events that happened um, after the exile in Egypt. And then Moses rescues the people. It's, it just traces God's people throughout history. And then there's a section in the Old Testament that is called either the poetic literature or wisdom literature that's uh psalms proverbs ecclesiastes oh my god ecclesiastes ecclesiastes thank you (laughs) um uh also song of songs books like that um and lastly we have the prophets and there's two types of prophets yeah so uh the first set of prophets we call the major prophets and there's there's four of those uh and that would be isaiah Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Those are the long ones. Yeah, yeah, those are the big books in there. <laughs> yeah, um, but also you have the minor prophets. There's 12 of those. Um, think guys like Hosea, uh, Jonah, Malachi. A lot of these only have uh, one, two, three chapters. Um, <clears throat> and actually, in the Hebrew Bible, they're all grouped into one big book. But we split them up, and honestly... That's good because some of them can be confusing enough as is for me. <laughs> I, I need to be able to look at each one individually and, and figure out what's going on. So all of that makes up uh, the Old Testament. And then the second big portion of the Bible is the New Testament. Um, and that's made up of 27 books. Yeah. Um, so there's 
three different parts of the New Testament. Um, the first being the Gospel and Acts. So these, again, are historical accounts. So think Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They're telling the story of Jesus and what happened directly after Jesus ascended and the early church and things like that. Um, you move from there into epistles. Um, and these are people like Paul, Peter, John, and a couple others writing to those early churches that have been established and formed. And there's, uh, <clears throat> that's the really interesting part of the New Testament where they get to say, hey, you're doing this, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> or, hey, remember this, this very important doctrine yeah, or things like that. A little bit like of accountability that. there. Yeah, there's some, there's some uh, uh, church gone wild stuff in, <laughs> in there <laughs> in Corinthians and things like that. So you get to see Paul do a couple throwdowns, but also a lot of grace, a lot of love, yeah. a lot of reminders um, in the epistles. Then you get to end it all with a, a nice, easy read. Mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so you end with Revelation, uh, which is a very apocalyptic uh, feel to it. It's it's talking about the end of times, Jesus's return. Uh, there's a, at first it can seem really, I don't know. There's there's a lot to it. There's a lot of metaphors. There's a lot of, a lot of things you have to read through. Um, but as you read through the Bible more, you notice that Revelation is is really a lot of like looking back to uh, what's been referenced in the Old Testament, um, mm-hmm. definitely in the New Testament as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it just it ties everything together for us. Yeah, it looks back to a lot of those uh, prophecies that weren't already fulfilled in Jesus, and it lists some more things that are probably going to happen. So, like you said, people call it apocalyptic. Sometimes they call it prophetic for for that reason. Um, <clears throat> so now that we know what makes up the New Testament. How did we get it? I mean, it's, it's, I think it's self-explanatory that we got the Old Testament through the Jewish people. We got it through Judaism. They had protected this book, kept it through oral tradition for years, manuscripts after manuscripts after manuscripts. So, um, Jesus had a Bible at the time he was on the earth, but the New Testament was written all after Jesus. What happened there? Who got together and did that? So, as we said, there's a lot of people that have decided on the canon, but what are they what are they deciding on? So we don't have any original copies of the New Testament, but most of the what they're looking at is uh, Greek manuscripts. We have about 4,500 of those, and then um, sorry, I, I do want to say that they include all or parts of the text. We don't have full manuscripts of all of those, but there's also about twice as many Latin manuscripts and then a thousand or more in other languages. So we have a lot of reference material for this and they mostly agree, which is a a good sign for showing that the Bible is real. So that's how we get the new Testament. Um, Those of us who believe in Jesus or believe in Jesus as the Messiah. And we add that to the new Testament and that's what makes up our Bible. Yeah, and I just think that last part is is I don't know so foundational to to recognize is that yeah we have these really really old manuscripts and you know they they've been written down and and maybe missing certain pieces but like you were saying you know one manuscript lines up with what another is saying you know it it has support from another uh, another document and I mean the Bible has some of the oldest findings of of manuscripts that we've ever found and and more like multiple uh versions or copies of it than than other historical texts that we take for like oh yeah this is history it's fact far and away more yeah people look at the bible very skeptically but then they'll 
they'll think of um, oh I think I, I, I could be wrong but I think an example is uh, Homer's The Odyssey mm-hmm. we have so fewer manuscripts of that and people are just like oh yeah like that's a totally reputable book that's exactly how he wrote it like they don't think twice about that but the Bible actually has quite a bit to back it up which uh, says a lot and, and means a good things for us yeah. <laughs> as Christians <laughs> not to mention the fact that God is sovereign and surely he would protect his word if anything yeah um so we're going to talk a little bit more about the languages of the bible and um how we how you go about reading the bible um the different structures that have been added such as chapters and verses um, when we come back we'll take a quick break and then we'll talk some more Today's show was sponsored by Audible.com. Uh, it's a great resource for, for those of you who like to listen to your books. Audible has right now a special 30-day free trial going on where you have the opportunity to actually get to download a free book that you can listen through on your own. If you'd like to support us, you can go to bibleandstuff.com audible uh, to sign up for this. And when you're signing up for the free book, you would have the chance to download... Yeah, there's a great book you should download that goes along with our topic today called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth by a guy named Gordon Fee and Douglas Stewart. So they really help you get the best out of your Bible reading. It's a great book. Highly recommend it. So like Lynn said, if you have a long commute, uh, it's a perfect way to redeem that commute and and learn while you're doing it by listening to these audiobooks. So again, please support us. Go to bibleandstuff.com slash audible and sign up for your free trial today. So now we get to talk about one of the things that we are most confident about, which is other languages. <laughs> um, so uh, oh, we oui, oui, vous français. <laughs> oh, we just lost so many people. Uh, well, I say that. If we had listeners in France, we would yeah. no longer have listeners in France. Oh, but thankfully, probably no one from France is going to listen to this. Um, so <clears throat> we've talked about the Bible. We've talked about what it is and what's in it, but... Let's break that apart a little more. So let's get a little more detailed in it and say, okay, what languages were the Bible written? Because they weren't written in English. So when we talk about getting them from those manuscripts, we're even a little bit further removed in the fact that we're only working from translations of yeah. the manuscripts. And I also want to say, like, I, this this is really important to us, too, because um, this is where we can really nail down interpretations, uh, so when we're when we're going through and and reading a, a verse in the Bible, that you know, we have separate denominations because of we can look back at at the historical language that was originally written in and and try to decipher what they were meaning by this. Yeah, you yeah you're right. It's not all the time that they take a whole principle from the Bible. It's that they take. Um, the Greek word, and they say, maybe there it doesn't mean this, it actually means this. Um, so yeah, a, lo- a lot of these uh, a lot of these schisms come over, like you said, translations and not necessarily just the meanings of the Bible in and of itself. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking back to, there were just, just a few days ago we were meeting and talking about something, 
And what was the the verse that you referenced? It was a it was a comparison between the King James version and um, the the ESV. Oh, it's my favorite. Um, it's I- Isaiah thirty four, right? Yeah, it, seven in the KJV, which this is for all you KJV only people out there. It mentions unicorns. Yeah, which uh, Grant, don't take that as an insult. If I was a KJV only person, I would live and die on that first. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, there's stinking <laughs> unicorns in my Bible. I got it right here. And the unicorns shall come down with them, and the bullocks with the bulls, and their land shall be soaked with blood, and their dust made fat with fatness. Mm, yeah, the unicorns. Well, that that would be cool if we get to heaven and God's like, boom, unicorns. Yeah, they're real. And It'd be freaking sweet. I, I told somebody about them, and they drew it, and then, yeah, you've talked about them for a long time, <laughs> and... That came from me too, just so you know. Um, so that right there shows the importance of the original language and and how to interpret. Yeah, and for the record, the the reason you, we mentioned the ESV is uh, that one I, I believe translates it as wild oxen. Yeah. So big difference, a lot more disappointing, but you know <laughs> you, you you do what you can. Um, so <clears throat> diving in here, the Old Testament um, was written largely in Hebrew, like. 90 something percent in Hebrew. Um, and um, the first uh, translation of that Hebrew Bible was into Greek. The reason I mentioned that is because I mentioned earlier that Jesus had a Bible, and that was probably what they call the Septuagint, and it's probably what early Christians used. Tanner, I am so proud of you. I'm I'm sitting here seeing this word and I'm waiting for you to come up and say it. And I thought for sure you were going to just trample all over it. <laughs> I I'm very proud of you. Well, that's just what I've heard it called. Probably someone will write us, please do, and tell us that I'm wrong. <laughs> I think it's the Lisep to a jump. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> so yeah, um we have this Old Testament Hebrew and like I said, that's been used by uh the Jewish people for a long time um but like i said it was eventually translated into greek and that was used by the early church before we had a canonized new testament um there's a lot of cloudiness of what exactly the septuagint was some people included this some people didn't but as a short explanation of what it was and and it's important piece in uh bible history um, so moving into the New Testament, we see that was originally written in Greek. Um, this is because Alexander the Great took over a lot of places. <laughs> and he was a Greek guy, and that language was common. I mean, that was one of the things he did when he took people over. He made them start speaking your language and, and getting in line. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so this just so happened to take place in roughly the same area that early Christianity started and spread and um, Greek was kind of the literary standard. So when the New Testament authors wrote, they wrote in uh, Greek, which uh, actually we're talking about a specific kind of Greek, which is Koine Greek um, and also means, uh, could mean common Greek. It's the common dialect. Um, They wrote in that because it would be readable to a lot of people. Yeah, and I mean, I think even to go beyond just these uh, original writings and languages that they were in, we see, I keep referring back to these different uh, types of Bibles that we have, like NIV, KJV, ESV, like these are all different versions, um, sometimes written differently because of 
you know, the people that they're trying to reach to. Mm-hmm. Um, King James Version, for example. I mean, King James went out and he literally had the entire Bible rewritten to have his own Bible. And I mean, it, it's 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 crazy to see some of the, the different translations that we see out there. I mean, uh, the message is another version. Like, that's another example of how the Bible was taken to be rewritten for the common tongue we'll say retranslated retranslated yeah. that's right i don't want like kjv or message people to get really mad at us because we're like yeah you changed the bible <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah retranslate and there's a lot of different um tactics uh, i guess you could say some people are word for word some people are thought for thought some people are a mix so yeah it is important to know um not only that these were written in these languages but also know um, have some sort of working knowledge or at least a, a, a dictionary or something. I mean, you can find all this online, but be able to say, okay, this verse is tricky. I wonder if I can look at the Hebrew or look at the Greek or talk to someone who knows how to do that and see what it really means or maybe what it could mean if it was translated a little differently. Well, it's really eye-opening too. I mean, there are a lot of um, softwares or, or programs out there where you not only can use like a dictionary to see what the word is is saying or what it's in reference to mm-hmm. but it also gives you other verses that uses the same yeah. word so you can see it in context of other places too to to kind of mold it all together yeah absolutely um and this is why like maybe if you go to your church and your pastor like us says weird words and butchers them like this is why that <laughs> happens a lot you'll say he'll say in the greek or whatever it's because a lot of good pastors have been to seminary that required them to learn these languages, thankfully, to some extent. And um, they look at the text in its original language to be able to better explain what the original intent was, what, when the author wrote it, he was really trying to get and make sure none of that gets lost in translation. So hopefully, if you have a pastor like that, you're appreciative of the fact that he takes um, a lot of time and effort to study. And if you're confused about why he keeps saying weird words, maybe now you know. So um, Old Testament's in Hebrew, um, New Testament's in Greek, and then we have a little bit of Aramaic. Yeah, some sections of the Old Testament uh, did have some portions of it written in Aramaic, um, and and that includes Daniel and Ezra. Uh, We see some of that in there. Yeah, they had large sections written in Aramaic, um, some of which where they were quoting from other documents. Then you also have some Aramaic scattered throughout uh, the New Testament, um, words like Abba or Hosanna, um, and this one I will butcher, but you've probably heard it, Eli, Eli, but they tell me, they being the internet, tells me it's Ali, Ali, Lama Shabachtani, which is where Jesus on the cross says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's like one of the classic lines everybody knows, or a lot of people know, that was written in Aramaic. And um, I can jump from that to actually say... Jesus and the disciples probably smoke, spoke, smoke. <laughs> oh, man. They smoked some Aramaic, man. They probably spoke Aramaic. <laughs> but a lot of them probably also knew Greek as a second language. So when they were writing Greek, they had a good handle on the language. And again, they wrote it so people would be able to read it. Yeah. So now that we've covered that, and I've 
embarrass myself once or twice with trying to say words. Um, We're smoking that Aramaic. (laughs) Yeah, we can talk about numbers. So not only do you have words in your Bible, you also have these numbers all throughout it. And we kind of take that for granted. Like it's just always been there. Everybody always refers to John 3.16 or whatever. Um, And it, it just is so natural to us now. But those weren't always there. And they weren't there for a long time. Um, they were added as sort of addresses. So yeah, your to ha- reference, like, yeah, yeah. So your house maybe one, two, three Smart Street, um, and that's exactly how the Bible works. You have the book, the chapter, and the verse, and you can locate specific thoughts or phrases or sometimes a couple sentences um, in the Bible, and it's it helps with memorization, it helps with location, it helps with being able to quickly. Uh, find those things when you want to read them or point them out. Um, Like I said, they weren't added for a long time. The chapter divisions were added by a guy named Stephen Langton in the early 13th century. And verse divisions weren't added till about mid-16th century by a guy named uh, Robert Stevens. He was a French printer, and he was making a Greek New Testament. So they were originally only added to the Greek New Testament Hebrew scholars later followed suit and added them to the Old Testament. Yeah, and like Tanner was saying, I mean, it's we look at it as a very big help. I mean, it allows us to to quickly reference and and turn to different points uh, in our Bible or different passages. Um, but we also want to preface this by saying, like, you also want to be careful with it. Yeah. Um, there there can be points where you'll be in the middle of scripture and all of a sudden you you see that the numbers change and you think oh well we're in a new story um where it it may be just a continuation of it um and you want to make sure that you're keeping everything in context uh so yeah just make sure to to keep an eye out for that be careful of it and um there are a lot of study bibles out there that will that will point that out to you and Mm -hmm. and let you recognize that this is all one piece um and to stay within it yeah, it makes your brain want to break up those thoughts when really they might should be together. It, it, honestly, if you do a quick Google search, you'll see a lot of people are like, this is wrong. You shouldn't have put this there. But that's also why you see the popularity of like readers, Bibles, and things like that coming back where they lay out the text without any numbers, and it looks like an actual book. It looks a lot closer to what is originally written. Now, that may not be as helpful in everyday use, but it's nice when you just want to read a large chunk of Scripture and not be distracted and be able to flow from, like you said, one section to the other without having this added separation. But really, all this is to say that the Bible's important. Um, so hopefully we've helped you like understand the Bible on a basic level um, and and be able to look at it with a little more understanding now and not be so overwhelmed because <laughs> it can be overwhelmed, but it's one of the, it's, it's the most important thing that God has given us to steward. Um, so thankfully we have a lot of great Bible scholars. Glenn and I are not those, <laughs> um, but we look up to a lot of guys that are. And they really take the time to study this and and care about it and protect this gift that God has given us. So hopefully now you're kind of inspired to say, yeah, this is God's words. And um, maybe I should 
learn them a little better and dig into them more. I know when I, when we were studying this, that's all I was thinking is, gosh, I got to get better at this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I read my Bible, but there's still point after point after point where I'm like, oh, I don't know that as well as I would like to, or I don't understand that. And there are a lot of tools out there to help you. Like we were saying, there's, there's language tools, there's study Bibles. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love holding an actual Bible and, and flipping through pages, but sometimes I've found it really beneficial um, to use digital copies, uh, like, you know, di- different apps that you can download to follow and read through, um, because those give you tons and tons of reference points, uh, word definitions. It A lot of the things that we talked about today on the podcast, you can be reading through and just easily click and learn right on the spot. Yeah. Yeah, so now that we've wrapped up the meat, we get to go to my favorite part of the episode, which is the lightning round of fun facts. Um, <clears throat> so I'm going to hit you with some of these. The word Bible itself comes from Latin, and that Latin ultimately comes from that Koine Greek we were talking about, and it means the books or the holy books, so pretty self-explanatory. Uh, the Greek phrase is Ta Biblia, which I'm reading that very American-like, I don't know exactly how they would say that, can be traced back to 223 AD, and that was referring to the Septuagint that we talked about, and then around 386 AD, they started using that to refer to what we see as the Bible, the Old and New Testament together. Yeah. Uh, If you're new to the Bible and you're not wanting to read much, there are five books in the Bible with only one chapter in them. Uh, Obadiah, Philemon, 2 John, 3 John, and Jude. Yeah, we talked about uh, chapters and verses in John 3, 16. A lot of times um, they won't even say Jude 1, 6. They'll just say Jude 6, yeah. <laughs> which is weird, <laughs> but uh, but cool. And, and all those are really good books. It's just interesting that there's five that are just about a page long in your Bible. Um, the first English New Testament to actually include both those chapter and verse divisions was the Geneva Bible, uh, about 1560. Uh, I, I throw that fact out there because we hope to eventually do a podcast um, over that topic as well. That's a, that's a pretty interesting Bible. It got a lot of cool stuff surrounding it. Um, this is one of my favorite ones that I found in my research. <clears throat> Psalm 117 is the middle chapter of the Bible, being the 595th chapter, and it's also the shortest chapter in the Bible. Now, the reason that is my favorite (laughs) fact that I found is because you may have heard, like I have heard multiple times, an urban legend that says Psalm 118 is the center of the Bible, and they like to throw that out there, and, and they say it's between the shortest chapter, which is Psalm 117, and the longest chapter, which is Psalm 119, and if you go even further down the rabbit hole, <laughs> Psalm 118's middle verse says, and this is cool, it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Unfortunately, it's, none of it's true. <laughs> it's just not the center chapter of the Bible. It just isn't. And there really can't be a center verse in the Bible because the Bible has an even number of verses. So, boom. As cool it is, as cool as it is, unfortunately, it's a lie. Probably not intentional. Maybe we'll say probably. We'll give them the benefit of the doubt uh, since they were obviously reading their Bible, but still. Not true. The shortest actual verse in uh, most English translations of the Bible 
is in John 11, verse 35, and it simply says, Jesus wept. Jesus wept. That's a good Also one. a great band. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I've never heard of that. I feel like oh, you made yeah. that up on the spot. Yeah, have a listen. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to source check that to make sure I'm <laughs> right, but yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's one a lot of people know, but it's, I just love bringing it back up. Old Jesus wept. Shortest verse in the Bible. Um, the original language, sorry, in the original languages, the Bible is about 611,000 words long. So a little over half a million. Um, the uh, last word in the Bible out of all those is amen. Amen. It's <laughs> like one long prayer. <laughs> it's like the guy that you asked to bless the food and you immediately regret it. You're like, gosh, man, he's going to go on for a million words. And then he stops at a half and you're like, oh, finally we get to eat. So anyway, yeah. And then so God ends it all and says, so be it. But that's all we have for you today. Um, that The lightning round is wrapped and so is this episode. Um, we hope that you'll keep joining us each week. If you have a topic that you would like for us to cover, uh, you can email us at hello at bibleandstuff.com. You can also let us know if we got anything wrong this episode, and we'll feature those corrections at the end of an upcoming episode, just to make sure we get all the facts straight. Highly unlikely, but just in case. Probably won't happen, but, you know, just keep your ears perked (laughs) up and and let us know. Um, You can also find us on social media at facebook and twitter and bibleandstuff.com you let us know what you think let us know if you like the show speaking of that leave us a rating and review on itunes that really helps us out um that bumps us up in the results there and gets us some more listeners which is great we want more people to join us and be a part of this you can support the show by going to bibleandstuff.com slash amazon that'll just take you to the amazon homepage and uh If you shop there, whatever you normally buy, we'll get just a small percentage of those proceeds and it costs you nothing else. So it's kind of a creative way we're trying out to, uh, to cover our costs of this podcast and and keep, keep it going. And to all my French friends out there, je suis désolé. And he's sorry. Does that mean I'm sorry? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Good. I was just guessing. I was hoping. <laughs> a wing and a prayer there. Well, uh, at least that's what I hope it means. <laughs> you probably said something really <laughs> offensive. So uh, next week, we're going to talk about um, a guy that was really important in the Bible being produced and being distributed, which is Gutenberg and his printing press. Um, so come back and check us out uh, next week. And we'll see you soon.